Hallelujah. All right. You ready to receive? Praise the Lord. We've been, uh, for the last few months, been studying uh, Romans chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8. And I'm going to transition into some things in Galatians and try to marry uh, some of the thoughts together that, uh, uh, that Paul was saying to each audience. How many of you know Paul's message didn't matter who he was talking to, the message didn't change? Amen? Uh, because the message is the gospel, hallelujah, the message of the cross. And uh, uh, Paul writes to the Galatians, as many of you know, uh, but I'm just going to say it again. Uh, Paul writes to the Galatians because the Galatians were being persuaded by uh, a sect of people um, called Judaizers. And the, the Judaizers were teachers of Jewish law, Mosaic law, but really Judaism, which had morphed into the 613 commandments and all this, um, and essentially were requiring Christian believers to live by law. Amen. And uh, going so far as to say that if you weren't circumcised, you couldn't be saved. And that's going to come up here in these couple of verses that I want to read. Um, they were associating the circumcision that Abraham made as a sign of the covenant. They were associating that with a requirement from God that uh, uh, if you were circumcised, that somehow you were saved by association, if you want to say that. Um, saved because you are a natural descendant of Abraham. Uh, we have uh, of, sects of the church today that uh, associate baptism uh, with being saved. We know that. And uh, essentially, you're part of the family. Uh, we want to baptize you so that you can be saved. Um, so it's kind of a similar thing. But it was just another way of identifying with uh, the law of Moses and particularly living by law. So Paul writes to these Galatians to basically say, don't be persuaded by the teaching. There's only one way to live for God, and that's the same way you got saved. The only way to live for God is by faith in what Christ did for us at the cross. Because faith in what Christ did for us at the cross not only gets us saved and gets us born again and, and into the family, amen, but an ongoing lifestyle of faith in what Christ did at the cross allows God, the Holy Spirit, the freedom to move and operate in my heart and in my life. Amen. And that's really what Christianity is. I always say uh, Christianity is not a try harder, do gooder religion. Christianity is a trust in what Jesus did at the cross religion, and, and God then in turn will work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We were uh, born, uh, 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 created unto good works, right? Amen. But this dead body has, has, is incapable of producing anything good for God. Amen. So God wants to have control, hallelujah, through his spirit. He wants to produce good works. He wants to produce fruit in our lives. But it comes as a result of our faith being in the proper object, who Jesus is and what he did for us. Amen. So I want to marry some thoughts together out of Galatians and out of uh, what we've been studying out of Romans um, 5, 6, 7, and 8. I want to read the first four verses of Galatians chapter 5, and uh, there's actually a thought going on. We see in the King James, you see these periods at the end of each verse. Um, take my word for it if you look in the literal translation. These are commas or semicolons, and all the way down to verse 6 before there's actually a period there. Um, so we're going to read verses 1 through 6, but I really want to touch on verses 1 through 4. Amen. It says, Paul says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, 
And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision is availing anything nor uncircumcision availing anything. But faith which works by love is availing something. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. We just uh, give you our ears and our eyes, Father. Uh, help us to see and to hear, uh, Lord, what you're saying and what you're saying through, through Paul through, and through your Holy Spirit in these scripture verses. Father, teach us here today. Uh, we thank you for open hearts in here to receive. And, uh, and as we receive that good seed and the good soil of our heart, we know that fruit is going to come forth because you say it's the gospel that brings forth fruit. So we're going to thank you for it and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul says, Stand fast, therefore, the wherewith Christ has made us free. Amen. I'm going to deal with the second half of the verse in just a minute. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Hallelujah. I like this. Uh, this word liberty really has the idea of, of not just a freedom to do anything you'd like to do, per se, but really a freedom to live for God. How many of you know the only way we knew... Whether we were Jewish people or not under the culture or just believers, all we knew was try to be our best. Amen. And so we thought living for God, even after we were born again Christians, we probably had some idea and a lot of help from preachers. We probably had the idea that living for God meant try my best to not do wrong, try my hardest to only do right. Amen. It's a law mentality. Because morally, we don't want to fail God. And that's a good intention. Amen. But if this dead body was in, incapable of producing salvation in the first place, amen, we need to be taught and understand that this dead body is incapable of producing anything at all for God. Amen. So when he says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free, it's really talking about a, a freedom of a new way of living for God. Amen. A new way, which is by faith and grace. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to get back to this word in just a moment, and I want to reference a scripture verse, but we say this all the time. Stand fast, therefore, or we could say, therefore, stand fast in the liberty. And we have to ask, like I say, what's the therefore, therefore? Amen. He's dealing with, a, this is a transition from chapter 4, and Paul is dealing with a group, as we're going to find out from verse 21 of chapter 4, He's dealing with a group who desire to be under the law. Amen? Desire to be under the law. And, uh, you know, I have family members that desire to be under law. And they like the structure of the church's rules and things like that. You want to know what I'm talking about. Some people just like, like that. And that's good, well-intending, I'm sure, but can produce nothing for God. Amen. So Paul says, tell me, chapter 4, verse 21, Galatians, tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For as it is written, Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, a servant, the other by a free woman. 
But he who was born of the bondwoman, Ishmael, was born after the flesh, a work concocted by Abraham and Sarah to say, why don't you get with the, uh, the, the bondmaid, Hagar, and produce a child? But how many of you know God promised that they would conceive? Amen. How many of us have maybe not trusted in one of God's promises and tried to concoct our own victory? Amen. Just help them out, yeah, as, as we like to say. But God, it was a promise. The seed would come through, or excuse me, the Savior, the Messiah, would come through Abraham's seed. Promise. That's a promise. Amen. And so he's making, a, uh, as, as we're going to see, this is an allegory. He, he's basically comparing the two. Again, verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he, Isaac, which was born after the free woman, was born by promise. Amen. Things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants. Amen. The old covenant, Mount Sinai, the Mosaic law. The new covenant, which would be uh, uh, children of promise. How many of you are children of promise in here? If you don't know that, read Galatians chapter 3. If you have faith in Christ and what he's done, you are a children of promise. <laughs> a child of, prom of promise. Thank you, hon. Hallelujah. That's why I married you. Praise the Lord. Amen. These are things are analogous to two covenants. Watch. For one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage. This word gendereth, I think we can figure it out, but it means to, to reproduce, regenerate. How many of you know a, a slave who has a baby just bores a baby into slavery? And that's essentially what he's, what he's saying here, right here. And again, I take no pleasure in saying this, but I'm going to say it. A preacher who preaches law is just gendering other hearers, listeners. They, he's just birthing them into slavery. Another form of bondage. Amen. Uh, my dad referenced chapter 6 of, uh, of Romans in the last hour, and he was referencing out of the New King James Version, and it made a reference to being slaves of sin. Amen. And uh, how many of you know it says in 1 Corinthians that the law is the strength of the sin? How many of you know that? Forget the distraction there. In 1 Corinthians 15, 56, it says that the law is the strength of the sin. So we're trying to be freed from the sin thing, overpowering us, right? And we think, well, I'm well-intending, so I'll try harder to live for God the right way through moral wrongs, do's and, do's and don'ts, wrongs and rights. And Paul says that, no, that absolute power to, to, gives power to sin. The only thing that Romans 6 teaches us is that faith in what Christ has done at the cross breaks that bondage, breaks that yoke. Amen. So this is what Paul is saying leading up to what we just read in, in chapter 5, that uh, uh, the two covenants, the covenant of the law is just going to lead to bondage. It's going to lead to slavery. It's not going to lead to freedom whatsoever. In fact, the thing you want to be freed from, you're going to find completely having dominance over you. Amen. So again, he goes on to say this is Agar in Mount Sinai in Arabia, and, uh, and she answers to Jerusalem, which is now and is in bondage with her children. So I'm going to get back up to chapter 5, that that's why he's saying, so stand fast in the freedom wherewith Christ has made you free. Amen. I've mentioned uh, before we started here, this liberty is a liberty 
that really refers to a new way of living for God. I want you to turn to, if you, if you use your Bible still in here, amen, turn to Romans chapter 3, hallelujah. This is a great statement made by Paul here, Romans chapter 3, verse 21, but now, hallelujah, everyone say, but now, amen, amen. how many of you know now is now, amen, but now the righteousness of God Without the law is manifest. Amen. Someone ought to get happy in here. You, I couldn't do it through law. Amen. None of, none of us could do it. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What does that mean? It means that all of them, the law and the prophets was just pointing to and prophesying of the grace to come. Hallelujah. God has never demanded perfection. If you, read, uh, if you read and understand the law of Moses and particularly the Ten Commandments, and uh, we don't think about this all the time, but, but when after God gave the law, he then introduced the sacrificial system as part of the law. For the not keeping of the law, there was going to be five sacrifices. Amen. How many of you know there's one sacrifice now? They were types and shadows. As soon as God gave the law, he said, you're not going to be able to keep it, but here's a covering for not keeping it. Amen. Amen. But the blood of bulls and goats couldn't take away sin. Hallelujah. God had a greater plan. And he was just telling through the law and the prophets, he was just telling his story. Amen. That since the foundation of the world, since before the foundation of the world, God had a plan. I'm so glad to know that God's plan has always been the sacrifice of his son, a lamb that would be slain. Hallelujah. So now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Amen. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is what? By faith of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Unto all and upon all uh, them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's a perfect tense, even though it's an imperfect, because it's, it's a negative. But all are sinning and falling short presently of the glory of God. In my own strength, I am not there. Amen. That's why I have Christ, his power source in me to overcome this. For all are sinning and coming short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Amen. So this is what Paul is referring to. Stand fast in this new way. Amen. Don't be slaves to the church's rules. Don't be slaves to, to the law of Moses, which has already been fulfilled by Christ. Amen. Here, I got one. And I say this all the time. Don't be slaves to your routines and disciplines. Amen. I just want to say it, and, and let, me, let me just elaborate there. We all have done it. We may, I, hey, hallelujah. Can I give you some good advice? Read your Bibles. Amen. <laughs> You're here. I've got good advice for you. Go to church. Hallelujah. i got really good advice for you. Have a devotional. Have a prayer life. Those are our disciplines, right? Those are the things that we do, and that's associated with Christianity. But I'm going to tell you, 99% of people esteem those keeping and doing of those things as right standing with God. Amen. Because if I don't pray enough, I somehow feel not worthy. Anyone know what I'm talking about? 
If I miss church a little bit too much, I feel condemned. I feel like God maybe doesn't love me. Amen? I've used my own example before, just this exactly what I've said. I want to love God. I want to show him I love him. I, go to I want to go to church more. I want to read my Bible more. I want to pay my tithes. And as soon as I wasn't keeping my laws, amen, my routines, as soon as I was falling short of those, I felt myself distancing myself from God. Not him from me, but me from him. Amen? See, that was evidence to me that my faith was in the keeping of my routines. See, none of y'all are agreeing with this because you guys' faith has always been perfect. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just trying to say that the, this is the liberty that Christ died to free us from. Now there's one way. It's a new way. It's a living way. And it's a guaranteed way because it's of promise. Amen. I know God wants to bless you because his son died and rose from the grave. Sometimes we don't feel like God wants to bless us, but thank God. It's, God doesn't release blessing because we're good. Amen. And he doesn't withhold blessing because we're bad. It's finished. The, Christ, the, the cross is a finished work. The cross is God saying, I love you. We, you know, we can't, we can't get it up here because we're too religious. Not Jonas. Jonas looked at me like, I'm not religious, brother. No. But you know what? We forgive our kids, right? Our, in the natural. We forgive our kids, right? But we, just, but we think of God as, as, you know, God. And I owe him. And I got to do this and this. And religion and, and has helped us to have that wrong thinking, that wrong understanding. Jesus revealed a father to us. My kids are never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. My dad still loves me, right? My kids are never going to be perfect, but am I going to not love them? Or am I going to withhold something from him? Them? Amen? I need to teach them. Amen? God wants to teach us. He wants to grow us. He doesn't want us to continue down any destructive path because of our wrong actions. So he loves and he corrects us, right? Because whom the Lord loves, the Lord chastens. Hallelujah. Just not in the way that religion taught us that he does. He loves us. Amen. I want to show you something here that we're going to see. Just a second. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. This new way of living for God. Stand in that freedom and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen. Now, Paul is, is, refers to the law as the yoke of bondage. Amen. This word yoke, speaks of any burden or bondage it's as that of slavery. How many of you know Paul referred to himself as a bondservant of Christ? Amen. Now, Paul certainly knew his sonship. He tells us about his sonship. But Paul, as an apostle, as one that was called to preach, in that sense, he is a servant to Christ. Amen. I am a servant to Christ. God knows, only knows why he called me to teach and preach. Amen. <laughs> All I know is, man, I took the call and I said, I'll do it. Hallelujah. All right? We can't figure out sometimes, right, why God uses... God hasn't had one qualified to preach or teach yet, right? If it's going to be based on merits, actions, amen. So I thank God, and it's an honor and a pleasure to share what I'm sharing with you here today. So uh, how many of you know Jesus spoke of a yoke? I want to continue to define this word yoke real quick of troublesome laws imposed on one, amen, especially what? 
of the Mosaic law, a yoke of bondage. The strength of sin is the law. That's just a yoke of bondage. There's no freedom in it. There's no victory in it. Hence the name is so transferred to the commands of Christ. What, what command is he talking about? Amen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29, and 30. Come unto me, Jesus speaking. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Take my yoke. Amen. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Take my yoke upon you, and you shall find rest. Amen. Hallelujah. Not servitude. Not bending over backwards, working, working, working to please God. When's it ever going to be enough? It will never be enough. Amen. Trying to bring about victory in my life, trying the same things over and over and over, working, 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 or I can take Christ's yoke. All he, I know it's too simple, saints, but all he said is believe, right? This is the work of God, Jesus said, to believe on him who he sent. Law people will say, well, that's just too easy. You're, you're just, people are going to sin still if you just, it's just about believing in Christ. The cross is the power of God, saints. When I am trusting, relying, and depending, that's what faith means. Trusting, relying, and depending on what Jesus did at the cross. Man, I'm out of God's way now. I just rest in the finished work of Christ, and he does in me what I can't do in myself. That's the other half that law doesn't understand. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. If you do this, you will find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I'm not teaching here, so I'm not going to elaborate too much, but this term heavy laden means to be bogged down with religious ceremony. Heavy weight. Heavy weight. Thank you. That was like an uppercut you just threw. <laughs> to be bogged down with religious ceremony. Amen? How many of you want to be free from religion? <laughs> Amen. Jesus took it for us. Amen. Now the righteousness of the law, excuse me, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. It's manifested through faith in who Christ is and what he's done. Try to keep it short if you can. Like I only have the yoke is designed for two together to combine their strengths. Yes. He's telling you right there, he's got more than enough energy. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand fast, therefore. Since the law just leads to bondage, but the gospel of Christ, which only requires faith in who Jesus is and what he's done, leads to freedom, stand fast in that freedom. Stand fast in that way of living for God. The just shall live by faith. Faith in what Jesus did. Behold. Now look at, and we just pass over these words, but look at Paul says, verse 2. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, he could have just said, I, Paul, say unto you. Or, but he says, behold, look. Look who it is talking. 
Look who is now telling you about this new way. Paul, the Pharisee of Pharisees. Paul, the one who killed believers. Paul was circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews, it says all this in Philippians. Behold, this guy, Paul, is saying this to you. You're going the wrong way. Amen. I've tried that way. Paul tried that way. He gives us the experience in Romans chapter 7 of what he didn't want to do, he find himself doing. And, and delight. no, I was just referring, I was pointing to you because you were teaching last hour. <laughs> Paul thought law was the way to live for God. And we see in his Romans chapter 7 experience that he found out, no, that's not. As much as I delight in the law of God after the inward man, I see sin dominating me when I try to live by law. Oh, wretched man that I am, he concludes. If this isn't the way to do it, how is it? How, how, how do I get free from this body that's dying? I thank God. God's going to free me through Christ and what he did at the cross is what he concludes. Behold, the same Paul who killed Christians because of this new way. Amen. I say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Now, again, I want to make sure that I elaborate on this. He doesn't just mean if you... This was the first step or requirement by Judaism. Again, circumcision was more so of a tradition passed on from Abraham. How many of you know the traditions and doctrines of men make the word of God of no effect? Amen. We'd rather esteem man's way than God's way. So this is just a tradition. This doesn't mean if, he's, if you're circumcised, you're never going to... This is just another way of saying, if you are trying to fulfill the requirements of the law, Christ is not going to profit you a thing. Don't, I know none of you are mad at me, because you like me too much to be mad at me. This, Paul says this, amen? This isn't Ryan, this ain't the pastor's opinion. I don't need to ask you to raise your hands, but you all want Christ to be of benefit to you, right? That's what this word profit means, to, to be a, of assistance, to be advantageous, to benefit. And here he's saying that if you go the route of law, living, he's not talking about trying to be justified, born again, I should say. If you go this route, Christ will profit you nothing. It'll be of no effect unto you. Christ, or Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Excuse me. Paul says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, not with man's persuasion, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Paul says that Christ sent me not to baptize, but he sent me to preach the gospel, not with my words, not with my testimony about who God is, but with God's testimony about who he is, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Behold, I, Paul, say that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Christ will benefit you nothing. I also want to say this, and I know I'm throwing a lot of information out, but different teaching. If you read through chapter 1 and chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, the very last verse in chapter 2 says, uh, but who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, 
that word mind, it, it, it means understanding. It means we have the understanding of Christ. Okay, Christ is a title. How many of you know that's not his last name? Amen. Gandhi knows. Christ, the meaning of Christ, what Paul is saying through these first two chapters of 1 Corinthians, the meaning of Christ is the crucified and resurrected Jesus is the meaning of Christ. Amen. So the work of the cross is going to be of no effect unto you if you don't trust in it. Amen. How many of you believe that this chair would hold me up? Right? I believe that this chair would hold me. But if I don't actually put my trust in it, it okay, is the chair doing anything for me right now? It's not doing anything for me, right? Is, even though I believe it will hold me. Won't do anything for me until I actually trust in it. Amen? Hallelujah? Man, now the chair is benefiting me. It's profiting me. It's doing what it's intended to do. Hey, hey, how much time do you guys have? Because what Jesus did for us at the cross has a lot of intentions of doing. What God did through the sacrifice of his son, he wants us, he wants it to affect every aspect of our life. Amen. He wants us to live in victory. He wants us to live in love. Amen. He wants us to be free from the yoke of bondage. He wants us to be free from sin and the things that we do that affect us negatively. I mean, how much time do you got? What did the cross provide? Everything that we have need of. Amen. So when Paul says, I don't, I'm not going to preach with man's words of wisdom because I don't want what Christ did for you to not profit you something. So Paul, I, Paul, tell you that if you be circumcised and you go the way of law, Christ, the crucified Jesus and resurrected Jesus, shall profit you nothing. Not because God's not good. Amen. How many of you know we have to be taught something? My people perish for a lack of knowledge. God doesn't say my people perish for a, a lack of my goodness. God's goodness is in what Jesus has done. Amen. The cross of Christ is God's definition of love. Amen. So behold, Paul, I'm saying this to you. The laws, the rules, if you go that way, Christ is going to benefit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. And again, so what, what I just said, and I'm just reiterating, the circumcision was just the first requirement part that the Judaizers were saying it's not faith. In, it can't be faith in Christ and the cross. It's got to be, first, you've got to be circumcised. And then second, you have to obey all of these different commands. And that's what will please God. You know why that's not what pleases God? Again, this, this dead body can't produce anything for God. Only the Spirit of God can quicken this. Only the Spirit of God can produce fruit in my life. The, the fruit of trusting in what Christ did at the cross is that God the Spirit will birth in me love and joy and peace and long-suffering and temperance and meekness and gentleness and goodness and faith. Against those things, there is no law. That's Galatians. That's not my opinion. That's what he says in chapter 5. Amen. Love, joy, peace, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of trusting in what Christ has done. I don't need a rule book anymore to tell me not to do it. If I love you, I won't steal from you. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I testify again to every man that is circumcised. He is a debtor to do the whole law. We transitioned out of Romans chapter 8. I'm just going to go there. Romans chapter 8. Therefore, brethren, chapter 8, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Amen. Not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Again, if you follow in context, all he's saying here, the flesh is just your willpower to try to fulfill law. Romans chapter 7 says that. That in me dwells no good thing, for to will is present, but how to perform that which is good I find not. So we're not debtors to live after the flesh and live after the law and live after commandments. If we live after the flesh, we shall die. We shall, it speaks of separation. Guilt and shame and condemnation is the, is the enemy to the child of God. There are many, many true born-again believing Christians that are not in fellowship with God as we speak because of feeling of unworthiness. Feelings of guilt and shame and condemnation, and I just don't live up to God's requirements. Oh, man, this is what he's talking about in chapter 5. You, God doesn't require this of you. The righteousness of God without the law is now manifest. If we live by faith, amen. The, the cross is the ministry of righteousness. It says in 2 Corinthians that the law is the ministry of condemnation. That's its purpose is to condemn us. Paul's saying, be free from that way of thinking and living. Stand in the liberty wherewith Christ made you free. He died a great price. Christ is Jesus. Who he is and what he's done is worthy of my faith. Hallelujah. Man, I love that God doesn't require me to try harder. God says, rest in me and what I've done. Take that yoke upon you, and I'll do something in you that, in you that you could never do in yourself. That's grace. Hallelujah. Josh has something here. Amen. So he says, but if you through the Spirit do mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. That means you shall experience life. You shall have life. Go ahead, Josh. I heard some uh, teachers say, you know, as, uh, because we have received Holy Spirit in our life, now we can, we can live by the law now. And we're going off, you know. We're not supposed to be living our life by the law. And all of a sudden, because we have Holy Spirit, we can, we can fulfill it now. Right. Then what's the point of Jesus? Yeah. You know, we're pushing aside Jesus again. We're yeah. going back to what you're saying. We're becoming debtor to the law again. Yes. You know, and then it's not just like, okay, we can keep certain law now that the church is given. No, you got to keep the whole law. Yes. You know, so it's all about Jesus. It's we, all about we're Jesus. always forgetting, just like you mentioned earlier, we always uh, keep our focus on the commandment, and we're not seeing the sacrifice at all. Yes. We're not seeing the solution at all. Amen. The solution. Amen. I testify again to every man that is circumcised and in the way of law that that person is a debtor to do the whole law. It's impossible. It's a yoke of bondage. It will lead to no freedom. It will lead to no victory, as good and well-intending as our hearts might be. You know, I don't doubt for a second that preachers and teachers that teach law, I don't doubt for a second that they love God. And I don't doubt for a second that they think they're helping people. They do. This is what Paul was up against. His whole entire ministry was up against this old way of thinking, 
Amen. Old wine. Amen. You can't put new wine into old wineskins, Jesus said. It just means belief systems. You, you, it used to be this way, and now you're telling me it's this way. And I've had this belief system for 26 years. Now you're going to come along and tell me it's the wrong way? I'm not having it. I'm telling you, this is what Paul was against, and this is what we're up against in the church because we've been inundated with law, preaching, and teaching. Try harder. Do better. Doesn't work. Amen. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. This is the last verse that I'm going to deal with here. The first thing I want to say is that we see this word justified and we ourselves being born again, justified, receiving justification. That is not what this word means here. He's already talking to people that are justified. He's He's talking to people that have been declared righteous, okay? And I want to show you that this word, it can mean to declare and pronounce one to be righteous, obviously. But in this sense, look at these other two definitions. To render righteous or such as he ought to be. In other words, a showing forth of righteousness. To show, exhibit, or evince one to be righteous. To show one to be righteous, such as he is, amen, and wishes himself to be considered. How many of you is righteous? Amen. This is talking to people who are righteous, and, but now wish to show and exhibit that. Amen. So that's the first thing I want to get out of the way, that he's not all of a sudden changing his audiences now to unbelievers. Amen. He's talking about people who are walking and wanting to show and exhibit justified righteousness in their lives. In other words, an ongoing work that's happening in our life. Christ has become of no effect unto you whosoever are trying to justify yourself on a daily basis through law living, is what he's saying. You have fallen from grace. Amen. Fallen from grace means you were established in grace, right? Again, these aren't my words. These are Paul's words. Before I get too far off, Jonas, did you have something? No, I was uh, uh, thinking, you know, as you're talking about this, uh, it's not just the religious people that are, are uh, you know, trying to get us to, you yeah. know, keep the law. That's the world system. Yes. It's set up that way. Yes. And I think that's why it's so hard for us to embrace this, this freedom Yes. Right. Yes. This freedom that we are righteous. And, and, and if we, uh, as it always says, in Christ, that's where we're righteous. Right. But the world system says on the job, you will ne- never satisfy the boss. You know, he he's going to give you a raise based on your performance. Yes. Right. Uh, people give you accolades based on your performance. So it's a worldly concept yes. that Amen. we can't shake. Uh, we bring it right into spiritual things and yep. what Christ did. And it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. And our minds has a, have to really be renewed, and we have to make that difference even in our minds. Yes, I got to work hard. Yes, I got to be educated. Yes, I got to do that. But that's a, that's a worldly system that, that I live in. But yes. in Christ now, it's, it's, different. it's different. I'm trusting in like we keep saying, the cross. I'm crossing in what Christ did. I am complete in him. Amen. And that's all he wants me to do is believe that. Amen. And, and walk in that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 
Okay, so here, here again, he just said that, uh, uh, I say that if any of you be circumcised, Christ, Christ shall profit you nothing, be of no benefit. The crucified Jesus, the finished work of the cross, the power of the cross will be of no effect in your life. If you're trusting in something other than the cross, God can't move that way. If he could move that way, he would just move that way. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm almost done, saints. Christ has become of no effect unto you. This is, a, uh, this is a unique term. It doesn't just mean to be of no effect of, unto you uh, as in not profiting or benefiting you. This word speaks of separation. Particularly, it says here, of any kind of separation of one thing from another by which the union or fellowship to is destroyed. Of any kind of separation of one thing from another by, under, or by which the union or fellowship of the two is destroyed. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Holy Spirit said through Paul. You are trying to justify yourself through law living. You are breaking your union with Christ. That's harsh. But that's the truth, right? This is the same church that Paul would say, Am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? If I love you, I'll tell you the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts, right? Especially when we have a way of thinking. Amen? Christ has become of no effect. It means to be estranged. It means to not be together. You're married to each other, but you're living on separate sides of town. Amen? There's no, now, does, does Jesus leave us? Does God leave us? No. Just means we're breaking fellowship. We're breaking union. Now, I want to marry this. I just have a minute, but chapter 7 of Romans, the first four verses, says that if you are having a relationship with the law, you're committing adultery on Christ. It's straight up. That says, that's what it says. I'm not twisting the words. That's what it says. If you're having a relationship with the law, you're not having fellowship or union with the one you're married to. And if I'm not having intimacy with my wife, fruit can't come forth. Amen? If we have intimacy with God, fruit comes forth. That's how fruit is birthed, because seed goes in and fruit comes out. Amen? Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. This position that God placed you in, position that we started in, we have to remember this. I'm done right now. We started in grace. We started in the Spirit. Why do we think we have to do something to get grace? Why do we think we have to do something to get into the Spirit? We did something when we believed. When we believed, God placed us in the Spirit. We didn't do anything to get into the Spirit. The only thing we can do as believers is keep ourselves in the Spirit. How? By trusting exclusively in what Jesus did for us at the cross. That's it. If I put my trust, my faith, in anything other than Christ and Him crucified, I fall from grace. I fall from the position. I'm already in it. I'm not trying to get it. Amen. Paul, Paul defines grace as the effectual working of the Holy Spirit. And that's where I'm going to end right now. Grace, God working in me to do what I can't do in myself. It all happens through and by faith in the cross. It come, life comes down to two things. Living for God comes down to two things. One of two things. 
Am I going to trust in who he is and what he did? Or am I going to trust in who I am and what I do? Period. Amen. Because what we're really saying with law is, if I do this, then God will do this. Can't work that way. Otherwise, that's what God would have told us in the scriptures, that that's how it works. Is anyone blessed? Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you for this good word. Thank you that it's penetrating our hearts even now, Father, and even in the uh, minutes and hours and days to come, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, help us to see the truth. Uh, help us to receive the truth and to apply this great truth to our hearts and our lives, Father. And we thank you that you're going to work and show yourself mighty as you promise you will, Father. Help us to keep our eyes on the cross. Uh, and we're going to thank you and praise you for the fruit that comes forth. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll do uh, communion and then you will get out of here. Don't look at the clocks. They're fast. <laughs> Amen.